This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now Loon's sideline reporter, Jamie Watson. Check this out! Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Adrian Heath Show here on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. I am your host, Jamie Watson, and this week, well, this week's going to be a little bit different. I've got an Englishman in the studio with me. He talks funny just like the normal guy that's in that seat. He knows the game very well, and he is full of banter, but he is not the head coach of Minnesota United. No, no, no. He is the voice of Minnesota United, he is the play-by-play host of all things Minnesota United. The lovely, the talented Callum Williams is joining us in studio this week. Callum, thank you so much for joining us. Jimmy, thank you for having me. Very much looking forward to the banter. You look just as terrible on radio as you do on television. Well, and you aware. sound just as terrible on radio <laughs> as you do on TV as well. So it is not just us two. Please don't turn the dial right now. Keep it locked in because... We do have the man who this show is aptly named after, the head coach of Minnesota United. On the line with us, Adrian Heath. He will be joining us for the first two segments via phone. He's got a prior engagement. But, Adrian, we want to say thank you so much for stepping away for the first couple of segments to join the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. And as Callum just said, I've always said it, Cal. Jamie's got a face for radio. Oh, this is this is going to be fun. This is this is fun. Not, not I'll, normally I only have hey, to deal with Jamie, one of you. Jamie, I can't believe the first thing that you haven't said this evening is congratulations, Callum. Aston Villa in the final of the playoffs. Come on, one game, let's one go. Game away from <laughs> one game from the Premier League, the promised land with all that money. From where we should be. Years. Yeah, oh, and where they should be, quite well, rightly so. One of, the, one of the giants of English football. So uh, congrats on that today, Cal. Thank we, you very much, Cal. We've got to teach you about spoiler alerts because there may be some people that have DVR'd the game to see if Aston Villa won their semifinal matchup to get into the playoff final to make it from the championship, that last spot that gets promoted into the English Premier League. They will face off against Fulham at Wembley to see who goes there. But Adrian, as, as he alluded to, Aston Villa held on today. They make it to yep. the final. This is uh, this is the the part of the year when it gets exciting. We've got Champions League around the corner. We've got the FA Cup final around the corner. We've got the uh, championship playoff final. Uh, do you think Aston Villa yeah. makes it up? It was it was for me tonight. Was another sort of little reminder of what Aston Villa are. You know, there's forty five thousand there. The atmosphere was electric, and uh, although we always pulled Cal's leg a little bit, I had the, the great fortune of playing for Villa for will be only a short period of time and it's a it's a great club it's one of the big clubs of english football and uh, as much as i'm i love what uh Jukanovic has done at fulham arguably the best footballing team in the championship i just do hope that uh, villa can get over the line because i think the premier league needs a big strong aston villa i said the exact same but an hour ago when when jamie and i were talking uh, with taylor twelman uh, from espn I, look, I mean, <laughs> I, I I agree, Gaffer, that it, in my opinion, a Premier League with Aston Villa is better, but there's one more final hurdle to cross for Villa 
Fulham are a good team. And I see who I really like the look of as well, Gaffer, is, is the young centre-forward Sessignon. He's a player, isn't he? Oh, it looks as though he's going to go all the way. For a young kid, I don't think he's 18 until Friday of this week. I think he's played two seasons in the league. Yes, so yes. like 30 goals. So, yeah, he's a proper player and um, I think it's going to be a really good final. The one thing I will say, Cal, I've been watched the four games now over the semi-finals. Villa are going to have to play a lot better than they did today to win the game. Yep. Well, this is... Uh... This is good talk. We are deep diving straight into the depths of the English Premier League. But if we want to bring it back to the local level, the domestic level, Adrian, because I know we've only got Mm -hmm. you for a short period of time this week. And it was a busy week last week since we last spoke on these very airwaves to the loyal listeners of the Adrian Heath Show. We had two games. Flew out to L.A., had a game out there, made our way back to TCF Bank Stadium for the third game in seven days against the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, now, I know that obviously those two games did not go the way you had hoped. Um, so uh-huh. from you, this is your show, your platform. This is why people tune in. They like to listen to your thoughts. Going back to Saturday afternoon at TCF Bank Stadium, uh, as we revisit the San Jose Earthquakes matchup, uh, talk us through your viewpoint over the 90 minutes because it was up, it was down, started quickly down, made its way back up. Mm. How did you see the 90 minutes and how many years did that add or take away off your off your life? <laughs> Football never adds anything to your life. You should know that by now. Um, I tell you what, the one thing we wanted to do was start the game quickly because obviously San Jose came in, I think they lost the previous four and won in five and then they got one draw in that time. And, uh, you know, for us to give them a penalty after a minute was, you know, criminal, really. Um, you know, Jerry dived in. He didn't need to. You know, the guy's so left-footed. We spoke about it before the game. Keep him down. Let him go on the outside of you, and then we'll defend the cross. But, hey, we didn't do it. But the response from the players, I've got to say, was absolutely magnificent. I thought for 35 minutes of the first half, it's as, it's as good as we played. I thought some of our combination play, which you know is a big part of the way I want to play uh-huh. in their half and as I always say goals change games and you know pivotal moments in a match and we didn't we didn't get the love of the green when it happened you know we had a great move when Christian got in and at the crossbar another move later on where Miguel smashed it across the face of the box and we didn't get a, a rub of it and then we go in you know we go in at half time 1-1 and I honestly thought that if we'd have gone in 2-1 I think we'd have gone on and win the, won the game but it wasn't to be to all ifs and buts. And, and then we, you know, obviously the penalty decision and, um, you know, it's a little bit tough to swallow when you, you know, when it comes back at VAR because, as they always say, these things even themselves out. Well, we've got a lot coming our way in the next sort of three or four months because I can't remember getting the decision on VAR where I think maybe that could have gone either way. So I was disappointed. Um, but I, hey, I, I was pleased with a lot of aspects of that game, more so than... Probably, if I look back at the win against Chicago, there was more for me to be pleased about in this game against San Jose because we started to look like the attacking force now that I expect us to be. Now that Darwin Quintero is starting to get an understanding with his teammates, they're starting to understand what he can and can't do. And more importantly, he's getting an understanding now of who he's playing with and what, where they like to play. So, you know, I, I look at the little combination that Miguel Ibarra uh, Christian and uh, Darwin did on Saturday on a few occasions, and that gives me a lot of optimism for the future. 
Well, that's Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United. I'm Jamie Watson, your host, joined by Cal Williams in studio this week. And Adrian, after the game, uh, the reports that come out, I know you're not a social media person. You don't venture on there, which is probably for the best in the pro sports world. Um, But it just kind of seems that there's a sense of negativity right now. Um, How do you feel about that? Well, I think if we'd have won the game before Dallas played, we'd have gone third in the Western Conference. If you won this game uh, Saturday against San Jose, you would have yeah. taken you third in the, so, in the West. Yeah, and we. So you know, as I spoke to the players this morning, a win on Saturday would have put us fourth in the Western Conference. Now, considering where we are and, and and you as a club, we are and what we're trying to build. Considering, you know, we're without two or three of our best players, Cronin, Molino, and uh, Ethan Finley, all different types of players. You got the leadership of Cronin, the experience. You've got the sort of heartbeat of the team, if you like, in Ethan Finley with his energy. And then, you know, no disrespect to everybody, arguably our best player. So for us to be where we are and the start we've had, and we could have been fourth on the league if we'd have got a result on Saturday, two home games to come, you know, I'm I'm, I'm quite optimistic. And I, I know there's a, quite a bit of negativity around, but hey, that's part and parcel of the game. We have to overcome that. We have to dust ourselves down again and we you know we've got a huge game against the leaders of the western conference so you know it doesn't get any easier come uh, come sunday okay well you you mentioned the game against sporting kansas city come sunday uh we're up against a break here so yeah you join us for another segment before you uh you have to jet off for the evening well i'm not yet you know if i've got the concacaf people here we're winding and dining the people from uh who's gonna Give us all these games when we've got this new stadium up and running. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's talk more about that when we come back from the break. Uh, stick around. We're going to have more from Adrian Heath. We're going to have an interview with Taylor Twelman in just a bit. We're going to have uh, Maddie Lawrence from Sporting Kansas City join us. This is an action-packed show. Funny, Adrian, you're not here, and we have one of our best shows. It's just weird this way it works out. I don't know. Maybe we need to try this more often. So we'll uh, we'll yeah. get your get your thoughts on all of this. The the run the whole gamut of everything Minnesota United. Make sure you stick around right here on 1500 ESPN. The Adrian Heath Show is back on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Once again, here's Jamie Watson. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show here on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken, I'm your host, Jamie Watson, joined in studio this week by Callum Williams. We've got Adrian Heath via phone. Adrian, this tune, if you don't know this one, we might not be friends. Oh, no, I, I got this one, little shack. Hey. After hey, the Cal, 0 for 3 week Cal, that we had. What a tune. Because I've, been, because I've been doing so well, he started now put all these obscure American bits of music in that nobody, unless you're a grunge lover... Has ever heard of? It's like That's that, what is it? Come to. Well, what we've done is is Brad Lane and Manny Hill, our producer, we've got together to try to stump you. And then after last week's over three dismal performance from you, we decided to toss you a softball. So you're welcome. Welcome back to the game. Okay. It, it's uh all right. So where we left off before break, we were talking about the San Jose Earthquakes game, and I want to dive a little bit deeper because this is the point in the show where. Maybe it's not much laughing and joking, but we get into you know a, a conversation that needs to be had um, and something that is going on. Um, the discussion and the criticism of Costa Rican international center back Francisco Calvo, a guy who arguably was one of, if not your best player last season, who just a couple weeks ago uh, against Vancouver had an incredible performance, but after this week finds himself on the wrong side of some media headlines. 
Would you like to give your opinion and take on, give us your response to the the criticism of Francisco Calvo? Um, first and foremost, the way that the game is played today, you know, we expect a little bit of everything from everybody. Like our our fullbacks have to be able to get forward. The most crosses we had at the weekend was from Garatisa. So that tells you what the game is now. It's not, you know, this isn't the NFL where you trot out the defensive team and they're coached by somebody else and then the offense comes on and then the special teams comes on. This is 11 people all trying to pull together to try and get a result. Now, during that time, sometimes you have a spell where it's not going so well for you. And when the last thing that I'm going to accept from so-called um, experts, shall we say, is trying to turn against our club captain, the guy who's going to the World Cup. Yeah, he's made a few mistakes. Is he, is he the only one? No. Has he, has he made some mistakes that have been costly? Yes. But as I said to the players today, you know, we have to stick together, we have to defend each other, and we have to ride this little storm out because, trust me, I've been doing this 40 years, and I've been down there on numerous occasions as somebody else. And as I said, in this moment, it's Calvo. I remember this time last year, it was somebody else. And we all move on and we stick together and we don't allow outside influences to try and, you know, split the group up and try and work on having a go at certain individuals. So, so people have got short memories, Jamie, and you know quickly concerning this game. So, you know, he's the, the biggest compliment and confidence boost I can give Francisco Calvo is to keep picking him, and that's what I will do. And Gaffer, it doesn't get any easier either as well. Sporting Kansas City, top of the Western Conference now, the next opponents. A lot of people see the final product, the finished Kansas City product, in a beautiful new training facility, a staggering stadium in which they sell out all the time, top of the Western Conference, an abundance of quality within their ranks. But it's not always been easy for them, has it? <laughs> no, and I think... You're obviously a little bit more of an inside cow because you've worked there in the past. I, I got I, over the last sort of eleven years that I've been in the states. I've got to know Peter probably better than most coaches in the MLS. Obviously, we had the relationship. We were the affiliate club for Kansas City when we were down in Orlando before we went to um, MLS. So I got to know the people there, and as Peter will tell you, the first two or three years when they went from the Kansas City Wiz, if you like, with no training facilities, no changing rooms, no stadium, playing in front of maybe four or 5,000 people at best in a, in a baseball stadium for what they are now. But that's a 10-year process. And now I'm not stupid enough to stand here and say, I want 10 years and I'll give you that because that's not logical anymore in sports. What I do know is it takes time to build something that's going to last. You need to put proper foundations in. You know, it's like building your house. You don't build it on sand. You put... Mm proper foundations in and you start to build and you build slowly you build wisely and you know that's where we've come now we're at a situation now where you know we've bought the franchise we've spent 20 odd million whatever it is on the on the training facility we're spending 300 million whatever the final number is going to be on the stadium and i'm aware of that and i'm fully and i've been fully committed to the fact that we have so much work to do hopefully now as we go into the end of that cycle now we start to, you know, maybe turn towards looking at the team and start to bring people in like Darwin Quintero. You know, you see what influence Darwin's had on this team in the last two or three weeks, and that's been fantastic. So, you know, can we add more pieces? They don't have to be, have to be DPs. Can we bring more players in, more town players in, 
that actually people go, that team is getting better. But it's going to be, take time. It's going to be a, a situation where we cannot do this overnight. And um, if we're patient and if we pick the right players, we'll be fine. That's Adrian Heath, head coach for Minnesota United. On the Adrian Heath Show here at 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken, Cal Williams joining me in studio this week. Um, Adrian, it, you alluded to one or two things, and in the next segment, we're going to hear an interview that Cal and I uh, had with Taylor Twelman earlier today, and he said the same thing. It, it's funny hearing you talk, funny hearing um, him talk, because you two haven't spoken and you guys didn't get a chance to you know it was not as if this was like a a combined thought that came between the two of you um he kind of said the same thing about getting getting into the stadium getting settled the the money has been paid for the stadium for the training ground now getting players and giving that that next i think in his words he said next 12 months we'll hear in the in the next um next uh segment excuse me there about having that time to settle in, make that your your home, Allianz Field, with mm. your team. Um, in order to do that, you need more transfer windows. Summer transfer window coming. Yeah. Is, is and, there and, any progress and, from and now I, until then? Yeah, exactly. And and you know you incrementally keep building this. You know this isn't. We haven't done this like Atlanta, who you know been allowed to play in a you know, an NFL stadium, so they put the thirty million, forty million on the uh, on the field straight away, and I was aware of that. So people have to be a little bit patient and understand where we are and what we're trying to do and where we're trying to build from. But uh, I have every confidence that uh, I will get the time and the commitment from uh, the ownership group to to give everybody a team in that incredible new stadium of ours that they'll be proud of, and that's going to be the aim over the, the next six to eight months is to develop this group and work hard to bring the right players in to put a, a product on the field that um, actually, you know, plays up to the, the level of the stadium. And one of the products on the field as well, Gaffer, next season, next year, will be the first ever competitive US game since that Trinidad and Tobago loss in the World Cup qualifiers. The Gold Cup announced next year coming to Allianz Field. How excited are you for this tournament to come to Minnesota? Right. Obviously, I think once we're in that stadium, people will see what it is. And once we've got the national team there, I know how impressed the players were when they played down in Orlando. I've got no hesitation that we will be able to produce an atmosphere in a better stadium when we open Allianz Field. And I just think that if, you know, we can pull up that the U.S. will come here, why can't this be the stadium when they want to get away and make it difficult in these European, these big uh, CONCACAF games against the likes of Mexico and the likes of Costa Rica when they play in these, these big competitions? Why can't it be the home? Because it's going to be the best stadium. So we may as well, let's create that atmosphere when it comes around and let's make this the home of the United States every time they play a big game. No, it's a it's a great point, and I think today was a a big stepping stone for the club. Big congratulations to Dr. Bill McGuire, to Ben Grossman, Brian Pfeiffer. A lot of people played a big role in this coming to fruition, getting the U.S. men's national team here to Minnesota for the very first time. That'll be a big, uh, big moment. And Adrian, we're going to let you go here in just a moment because I know that you have a lot of the Gold Cup representatives and ownership group that you have to be with tonight. So we're very grateful for you joining us. But before we go, you uh, you up for rating one of Cal's calls? Let's go. What we got? So this week, we've got the goal from this past weekend. 
It was a moment of individual brilliance from Christian Ramirez. This was at the time, right before halftime, to make it one-to-one. This was a big turning point in the game. Leveled it up. Christian Ramirez with a wonder goal. And Adrian Heath, it is time for you to rate Cal's call. Ramirez! Oh, my words! Audacity and tenacity at its peak! The boy's back! Ignore him at your peril! 1-1! There it is. Ignore him at your peril. Audacity and tenacity. Callum Williams, play-by-play, who's joining us in studio this week, gave a great call on the goal, a wonderful chip from Christian Ramirez. Which is terribly embarrassing doing this while I'm in the studio, by the way. And we have Cal <laughs> live on studio. I love the fact that I could turn the tables on you, Callum. Adrian, you now have to give an unbiased, professional rate of Cal's call. Don't sacrifice the integrity of this because Callum is here. Don't feel no. pressured. Don't I, change who you are. I think you know me different than that, so I'm going to give it a good four. A four. <laughs> Do you hear me? <laughs> That's one last. Uh, no, no more Pierre yeah. Grigio for you, Gaffer. My words. <laughs> oh, yeah. A and hard four. Uh, obviously, I will. I will. I will sort of uh, change that. Obviously. <laughs> very, by the way, I have to say, and I mentioned it Saturday. What an incredible finish it was yeah. for somebody to finish that ball when it's coming to you, the angle it was coming to him to hit it first time. Incredible. Incredible goal, uh, a great finish, and um, a worthy commentary. So I'll give it a good. I'm still sticking with my uh, purple rain one, and mm. which we gave. Did we give that eight point seven? That got an eight point seven to start the season. Okay, so I'm going to go uh, seven point nine. Seven point nine is in the books. Seven point nine this week for Christian Ramirez's wonder goal, and Cal's call on that. Adrian, did you ever score a goal like that in your career? No, numerous. How many do you want me to go? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to give it, give the people what they want. Adrian, it is great to chat with you. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you've got a busy, busy evening ahead. So thank you so much for taking some time out for us tonight on the show. Uh, we'll try to do you proud for the final final two segments of this. I'm sure you will, fellas, and I'll uh, I'll see you all tomorrow. Take it easy. All right, there he goes. Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United. We'll stick around. When we come back, we have a lengthy sit-down interview with lead color commentator, the face of soccer for ESPN, Minnesota native Taylor Twellman. Callum Williams and I got a chance to chat with him today. It's a very good interview. You're going to want to have to hear what he says about the Gold Cup, about Allianz Field, and about the state of Minnesota United and where they sit. Stick around when we come back on the Adrian Heath Show right here on 1500. ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Heineken. Well, Taylor Twelman, thank you very much for joining us uh, off the back of a huge announcement. Massive. For Minnesota United getting the first Gold Cup game, the first meaningful game for the U.S. Men's National Team, as you alluded to earlier during the press conference. Having you here today, does this kind of all come full circle from you being from Minnesota? I think so. I think it does for my family. I know it's more, you know, I, I was born in Apple Valley and, and was here for until I was, what, two and a half, three. So to say I have vivid memories of Minnesota, I do not. But I do have about a gazillion home videos of the kicks games that my dad has forced me to watch <laughs> at the old Met. Um, but I also understand 
this community, you know, you, you guys live here now. You guys, you played here. Um, when you look at this community, they have supported the game in a variety of leagues, in a variety of ways for decades. I, it's going to be hard for them to really have a way to articulate what that's going to mean doing a U.S. men's national team competitive, not friendly game uh, in that brand new soccer specific stadium. That's very difficult to say what that's going to mean to a lot of generations that have supporting the game that have supported the game for a long time. And it wasn't always easy to be a supporter of no. soccer in Minnesota. Sometimes the crowds were sparse, teams would change ownership groups and everything. But when Dr. Ben McGuire came in and made this Minnesota United and really solidified the ownership group and was able to propel the club from NASL into Major League Soccer, how did that just change the landscape of Minnesota in the scheme of the entire United States? I think States? when you look at Minnesota in general, you got to remember there was actually two different ownership groups fighting for an MLS team. And that tells you that the uh, of how much potential there is for an MLS franchise to work in Minnesota. Dr. Bill McGuire, Ben Grossman, and that entire brass deserve a ton of credit because they did it the right way. Soccer-specific stadium. Training facility that's going to be over $30 million. They're doing everything. And what many people globally will look at and say it's a small market. It's not a small market. Minnesota's a real market. But they're going to do it the right way. And when that stadium opens up next year, the training facility is completed. And then... The players are, are coming in. This is going to be, you know, you're talking about a top franchise in the league. It's going to put Minnesota on the map internationally when Allianz Field opens up. Uh, it's a brand Allianz that is, uh, you know, syn- synonymous with the game around the world. Um, it's going to be an international brand once the United States plays a competitive game here. Well, it's, an, it's fascinating to hear how you see it as the lead face of soccer for ESPN as a lead color commentator for ESPN. You get to see every team up close and personal. You know this league like the back of your hand. When you look at Minnesota United, candidly, how do you see them? Where do you see them growing to? What's the state of Minnesota United from the viewpoint at the top of ESPN soccer? Well, I think everyone, rightfully so, is waiting till the stadium's open, waiting till all the foundation has been laid. And anyone that has overanalyzed Minnesota United up until this point hasn't given them enough of a shot because Atlanta United didn't have to come in and pay for that entire stadium. And people forget when Dr. Bill McGuire and the group is privately funding a stadium privately funding training facility it's a lot different than what atlanta united could do atlanta united with a ton of money i'm not saying arthur blank doesn't have a ton of money but when those two teams came in it was literally black and white he could go out and get joseph martinez he can go out get miguel on because he didn't have to write a 400 million dollar check for a stadium so i will assess minnesota united once the foundation has been laid and once this stadium kicks off but i hope for the adrian heaths of the world that those that groundwork's already being done because you don't want to open up the stadium without having more Darwin Quinteros and a deeper roster and then wait another year because that's what these two years have been. Uh, but I do think what Adrian Heath has done, I'd say over the last six to eight months at the end of last year and this year, you know, he is making the most out of the situation. And I think Dr. Bill McGuire and that team knows that. 
Well, it's fascinating to hear that viewpoint, Taylor. And and last one before we let you go, because I know today's been a busy day with you and, and all your endeavors. It's been great to have you in Minnesota. It was only fitting that you were here today amongst the mayor of St. Paul, Jacob, <laughs> Fry, or excuse me, uh, Melvin Carter, the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, Governor Dayton, Chris Wright. You were on stage with a host of big names, the biggest names in Minnesota. And now you start to see where Minnesota can go with this stadium, with Adrian Heath leading Minnesota United. How high is this ceiling for this club, and where do you see it going in the trajectory over the next five years? Uh, I, I think once they complete the roster, the stadium's open, the training facility, and they get an entire 12 months of being comfortable uh, in a full preseason and everyone's comfortable, then I, I, they're going to compete. It's hard not to. Uh, I think the stadium's going to be a real home field advantage. I think the crowd, especially for United States national team games, since we're here for the Gold Cup, I'd be shocked if there's not a World Cup qualifier in the stadium once you see the red, white, and blue 19,000 Americans supporting that team. It's going to be real pro-American crowd. Uh, but Minnesota United still has some work to do. The, the team is not deep enough by any stretch of the imagination, and they don't really have any big-name players stepping up to the plate. Now, I'm going to give Darwin Quintero a little bit of time to get his – feet under him but the reality is there's still some questions is he on the end of his time does he still have the legs from what i've seen early on i think he's got something but this team defensively has been has really struggled and until they figure that part out they're going to struggle but i'd be shocked five years from now if we're not talking about minnesota united in the playoffs and minnesota united not competing for the western conference well there you have it the words of taylor twelman from espn Cal, I'm interested to get your thoughts on that and quickly break down kind of what you took from that six and a half minutes that we got with Taylor. I thought uh, Taylor was very honest, uh, as he always is, and we appreciate that. Um, I I thought it was particularly interesting when he was talking about just how big the Gold Cup is uh, for Minnesota United and the state of Minnesota. And having the United States men's national team coming to this market and playing their very first competitive game since uh, not qualifying for the World Cup. So, um, Also, what was quite interesting as well, Jamie, was towards the end of the press conference, he said something which was particularly striking. When he said, you know, his, his father grew up here, his father played for the Kicks, and so many people, after the Kicks disappeared, didn't have professional soccer for a long time. You know, there was indoor soccer, there was a couple of other variations of it, but it wasn't top-flight soccer. Now... With this stadium along the way, there are going to be so many young children coming in and watching a Major League Soccer game in what is going to be one of the, if not the finest stadium Major League Soccer has to offer that's really going to play its part in the growth of the sport in this part of the world. And your thoughts on what he had to say about Minnesota United? I thought he was, again, honest. I think um, the squad isn't deep enough. It's as simple as that. We all know there have been defensive issues over the last couple of weeks. Adrian Heath said it just here a couple of uh, segments ago. To me, though, Jamie, the, the, the glaring obvious need, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, is a true holding midfielder. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not, Absolutely. whether or not Maximiano, the, the Brazilian on loan from Fluminense, is going to be the answer or not, we'll wait and see. He's only played 64 five minutes at LAFC last week. If he can be the answer moving forward, we're absolutely fine, no problem. But it wouldn't surprise me if this team, over the summer transfer window, were dipping their toes in the water and seeing if they could bring in some of these players that Taylor Twoman alluded that we needed. Wow, great thoughts, Cal. Um, all right, cool. Here's what we got.
one more segment, and we're going to be joined by a very special guest. Sporting Kansas City color commentator Matt Lawrence is going to be calling in. Who? Maddie Lawrence. <laughs> Maddie Lawrence will be calling in. Cal, as uh, I haven't gotten the chance to spend much time with with Maddie Lawrence, but every time I call him Matt, Cal says, it's no, it's Maddie. You have to call him Maddie like your boys with him. So we're going to have Maddie Lawrence call in. Uh, we appreciate again Taylor Twelman for joining us earlier today, giving us that interview. Uh, stick around. One final segment. We come back. He's Callum Williams. I'm Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. The Adrian Heath Show is back on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Once again, here's Jamie Watson. Here we go. One final segment on this week's Adrian Heath Show. Right here on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. In studio this week with me. The talented Callum Williams, and we are joined now via phone by another talented broadcaster, the color commentator for Sporting Kansas City, Maddie Lawrence. Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, good evening, Jamie. Good evening, Callum. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Are you joined by R2D2 there? I certainly am. <laughs> Unfortunately, in New York City right now, it is absolutely raining cats and dogs, as they say. They're, uh, it's thundering and lightning, so you'll have to excuse the uh, excuse the signal. It's not the best. But we, we can get on and we can we can talk MLS within the background of, of rain and, and thunder, I'm afraid. Well, we, uh, we're, we're lucky to be joined by you. Obviously, you had an extensive playing career, um, uh, one that took you to the FA Cup final uh, over some of the top teams in in england and it's uh i'd love to to have you back on another day when we can really dive deep into the playing career but this week let's talk let's put your broadcaster hat on here and let's talk the matchup at the weekend sporting kansas city traveling to minnesota united this sunday at tcf bank stadium um your thoughts you uh you have the luxury of commentating on the top team in the west seven two and two Sporting Kansas City boasts a three and one record on the road. Um, three one and one, excuse me, on the road. So, what do you see in this matchup this week? Sporting Kansas City versus Minnesota United. Um, it's it's not a good time for Minnesota to be playing Sporting Kansas City. To be honest, Sporting Kansas City uh, have been in magnificent form in the last seven games. Uh, they've won five, drawn one, and, and lost. Uh, lost only one, and that was away at New England Revolution. I think the fact that they lost New England away at New England Revolution may be a bonus for Minnesota because that was also away on turf, uh, a similar type of on a similar type of uh, turf surface to New England. So I, I, I don't think it's something that Sporting Kansas City are massively uh, comfortable on. They they got past Atlanta, which again was on AstroTurf uh, in their last game, but that was when Atlanta were down to 10 men, obviously. I think it will be a, a close game. I, I don't think there'll be the differential that, that the league kind of uh, the league kind of says or, or states, just the fact that there's such a, a big point differential between Sporting Kansas City and Minnesota. I do think it'll be a tight affair. Sporting Kansas City, all of last season, massively struggled on the road. They obviously lost at Minnesota last season 2 nothing as well. I think it will be a relatively close, tense affair. But, but as I say, Sporting Kansas City have found some form. And in their last five wins, have kept a clean sheet in all five games. They were leaking a number of goals at the beginning of the season. But they seem to have shored up the defence. Uh, yes, they're missing their leading goal scorer in Felipe Gutierrez. But Johnny Russell's really stepped into the fray. He's, he's notched five goals this season already as well. I just think it, it, it could be a bad time for Minnesota to be playing sport in Kansas City. Maybe that's me being slightly biased, Jamie. 
Matty, I, I know um, last year's away form wasn't particularly sporting spectacular, but over the last couple of years, uh, particularly during my, my last uh, couple of years there, it, it seems as though the system that Peter Vermees has got in place, and it seems as though it's carried on to, to this season, the argument is there, in my opinion, that Sporting KC play better football on the road because at home everybody seems to pack it in and it becomes more difficult to play. But when you're on the road, the home team is expected to play. Yeah, that's, that's very much the case, Callum. Last season, I think, was almost an anomaly for Sporting KC. They really struggled on the road. They only won two games out of their 17 away from home last season. Pitifully, they only scored 10 goals on the road as well in 17 games, which is just very, very poor. I think they've switched things around this season. I think they're more attack-oriented. Uh, the fact that they've already scored 10, 10 goals on the road this season, scoring two a game in the five games they've played. So they've already matched last season's goals on the road records in five games rather than 17. They've already won more games on the road this season than they did last season. They've won three games already this season, whereas it was only two last season. I, I just think that with the addition of a year older Daniel Shallowy playing left wing who's been who's in maybe not the form of his life but playing very well he's just maturing he's maturing into a very good confident player and in Johnny Russell on the right wing they have a player who who left behind you know a, a chance at Premier League glory with Derby County I know they've since been knocked out by Fulham in the playoffs but he left there and he's really rekindled his love affair for football I, I think when we interviewed him and a few of us guys on the broadcast at SKC have interviewed Johnny Russ, and he, and he said that he fell out of love with the game of soccer. He'd been playing it, obviously, from the age of sort of three or four. He's sort of 27 years of age now, and he just wanted a new challenge. And he's come to MLS. He was desperate to come to America. He was desperate to come to Sporting Kansas City. He had long conversations with Peter Vermees and Mo Johnson, obviously a Scottish legend who, who did it incredibly well himself in Kansas City. And he just has found his feet very quickly. And he's just, as I say, he's rekindled his love for the game. And, and I know it's hard for people to believe that you could fall out of, of love with it, with a game, and uh, with a game of soccer or the game of football. But Johnny Russell certainly did that when he was back home in Derby. But he, he really has. He, he's found a, a new love for the game, a new passion. And he's playing with a smile on his face. And I think that's so important, Callum, so important, Jamie. You guys know that, that if you, you enjoy your home life, and you're playing with a, a real love and a real desire for the game, it, it just it rubs off on not only your own performances, but on the teammates around. I think he's already kind of one of the guys in the locker room. I think lots of the younger players, and equally the more experienced players, the likes of Beasley and Zusia, are already looking up to him. And, and he, he really has got an eye for goal. He's, he's in scintillating form at the moment this season. Well, that's great insight, Matty. And we've got 30 seconds before the, the show ends. So quickly, I want to tell everybody to hear more insight from Matty. Follow him on Twitter, at Matty J. Lawrence. Matt, thank you so much for your time. Callum, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you so much to Taylor Twelman for the interview earlier. Thank you so much to Manny Hill in the booth. This has been an exceptional Adrian Heath show. We appreciate all the wonderful guests that we had on, Cal. We appreciate you being in tonight. Hope you had a good time. Yep, thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Well, and we hope you join us again next week right here on 1500 ESPN. The Adrian Heath Show was presented by Heineken. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the Sportswire.